Aaron Whitlow. Brandon Spavi. We are the Markout Movie Podcasters. Uh, let me... Jeez. That was fun. Uh, let's start with the intro. Here we go. See if this works. Did that do anything? It did something, yes. It did the Am intro. <laughs> All right, but you still see me? Yeah. All right, good. I couldn't hear the, by the way, I couldn't hear the intro. I didn't hear anything. Uh, it's fine. But on today's episode, we are going to be discussing uh, in the heat of um, man, this was this is, was an event, not the movie, but just getting set up for the podcast today. Uh, that was fun. I had issues. I have issues, Brandon. I'm aware. I am aware. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, did you watch anything before we get to the uh, movie? Uh, anything you want to mention that you watched at all? Yeah, so it's, well, it's not a new movie I've seen, but uh, it was new for me. Um, McFarland USA, which is a Kevin Costner sports film. Um, I thought this was pretty darn good, um, which I've never seen a Kevin Costner film that dealt with sports that wasn't good. So. Um, he plays a, a football coach that gets fired for throwing his some cleats at his star player, and he has to move uh, and take on a job um, of an assistant coach. But kind of gets let go of that too because him and the coach butt hits. So he ends up uh, uh, teaching, um, well, coaching like cross country, you know, running with these uh, Latinos and. Uh, I, he, he learned a lot about them. They learned a lot about him. He actually helps him in the fields because uh, he's trying to get uh, one boy to come with him. And so he's like, I, I want to do what you do. Your dad needs you. I'm going to help. So I just thought it was a really heartwarming story. It's based on a true story as well. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's on Disney Plus, or it should be. Yeah. What are you doing with the lights? <laughs> trying to see if I can brighten my face, but I guess it's not happening. Uh, Aaron, you don't need to be brightened. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that, Lord. That, that sounds interesting. Uh, so I watched, uh, I went to the theater last, I think it was last weekend. Maybe, I, I think it was. And I saw Missing, which is the uh, uh, sequel to uh, Searching. Uh, I thought it was fun. On Letterboxd, I gave it five stars. Um I had fun the whole time through with the movie. Uh, just kept me engaged, uh, kept me uh, guessing, uh, and it was it was good, man. Uh, that uh, young the young actress in it, you got she got to be engaging to keep you interested, and she it the most definitely is. She reminds me of a young Zendaya, but it's funny because she plays Zendaya's sister and. And uh, Euphoria, so that, I guess that's why she reminds me of Young Zendaya. She channeled, she channeled her uh, co-star. But yeah, it's really, it's really uh, interesting movie. I try to beg Brandon to see Searching. But he said it's not on his radar. Ain't gonna happen. He'll probably watch Missing if he ever streams. Um, I might see it Monday. Um, I'm going to theaters to watch that new horror film, Infinity Pool, with Mia Goth. So I might go ahead and watch it as well. 
Uh, we got comments. Uh, Bengals wins 45 to zero. Uh, follow up comment on Sunday. I got it going 31 28, but yeah, 45 zero would be very embarrassing. But uh, you, but you still got the Bengals winning though. Yeah, yeah, I'm confident that they're gonna win. Okay, all right. Uh, well, that's what we watched. Um, let's see, don't watch you people really dumb. Okay, yeah, it's that. I uh, watch it, Teddy Murphy. Yeah, I got one, of those things, one of those things. Um, well, I had it queued up, uh, I queued up here, so uh, we are getting ready to discuss uh in the heat of the night uh let's see give me a moment just to kind of get your get your motors going um let's see here we go there's a little bit of this action in the heat of the night. Uh, hey, I'm trying to go all out, Brand. I'm trying to bring our brand up a little bit. <laughs> uh, oh, another thing I watched, I meant to mention this, I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, what we watched, I watched uh, The Last of Us, uh, episode one and two. Uh, I'm now, I don't know the source material, I've never played the games, uh, but I absolutely had fun with the show so far. I thought this is amazing, and I, I enjoy that. Uh, but I just wanted to mention that. But, uh, yeah. In the heat of the night. Let's see. Um, 1967 uh, stars Sidney Portier, Rod Steiger. And then as Brandon alluded to in a text message, a very young Herschel. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very young Herschel. Like I was like, wow, man, that guy was around forever. Man, yeah. I just as soon as I saw him pop up, I was like, man, that's Her it's Herschel Green from Walking Dead. Oh, young Herschel. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, I had never seen this before, and I was—I love the show. And I, one thing I will say, as far as the movie and the show, uh, it looks like Sparta stayed the same, like in the movie and the show. They—they they did a really good job of uh, continuing what Sparta looked like in the movie. So uh, I'll give them props for that. So the show—the show carried that over, like the yeah. Film. Uh, now you asked me before we start watching. You asked me if a character was in it. Was he? I've never no. seen the show. Okay, was that a character? No, that no only the only character, only characters in the movie that's that continue on in the show is uh, Gillespie and uh, Tibbs. Hmm. Never seen. I don't know what Pathwan is, but that's cool. Uh, I'm, sh I'm sure it's a foreign film. That's what he watches constantly. Sound like it's not. Um, but uh, but. Yeah. He said worldwide, though. He didn't say domestically. He said worldwide, so I'm pretty sure it's a foreign film. 
Um, but yeah, uh, I want to, a couple of things about this film. It came out in 67, it was shot in 66. Um, like, uh, it came out like what, a year before uh, Dr. King was assassinated. Uh, now, uh, yeah. Sidney Poitier and uh, Harry Belafonte, um, they refused, well, Sidney Poitier refused to have it shot in Mississippi due to uh, he, he feared for his life. And was, he had a reason for it. Last time he was in Mississippi, uh, the, the Ku Klux Klan tried to kill him, him and Harry Belafonte. They was trying to register blacks to vote. And uh, the Klan, like, threatened him and tried to, tried to kill him. And so, uh, so he's like, yeah, let's not shoot in the South. <laughs> but they had to shoot one scene in the South, and it was when they went to the plantation. They shot that in Tennessee, and they was only there for a couple of days. And he slept with a gun under his pillow for protection because it's the South. Uh, but, yeah, I, I got to say something, Brandon. Go ahead. Rod, Rod Steiger. Uh, you know what? I've always paid attention more to Sydney's portrayal, Sydney's work in it. But I tell you, man, Rod, Rod was captivating the whole mm-hmm. way through. He was he had some of the best lines in the movie, man. Oh no, no, I, I picked up on that right right at the get go. Was, was, like, it, was it was it the hundred and fifty something dollars or whatever and thirty two cents a week? Yeah, <laughs> I thought about you. I thought about you delivering that line that way. Actually, <laughs> I, I wasn't that nowhere near that good. <laughs> Not even close. But the way uh, thank he, you. I, I got I got Brandon vibes like. Like, like, if somebody says, Brandon. I played a racist once. <laughs> and I, I took um, motivation from my uncle because uh, of all the stuff he would talk about. Um, and I was like, and she was like, I really hired a racist. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I was like, eh. <laughs> I, I regret ever auditioning for that role, though. It was a... A racist plus a rapist, and it just, it just did you, did you I got it? fired from that movie <laughs> because they thought you was racist and rapist. No, no, I, I got lost after we shot a scene. We were supposed to go somewhere else, and I got lost in Nashville, so uh, they fired me. Oh, I cost them well, that didn't cost them money, but I cost them time. Yeah, something you can't do. But I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad I got fired. I, I wouldn't have wanted my name on that. You don't. You don't want to be uh, like then because people associate you with a racist like, and a rapist and a rapist. That's a rapist. A double whammy. A rape racist. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, Rod, what were your thoughts on like? So you you seeing the show now for for the first time seeing a film. What was your thoughts on? Rod's portrayal of Gillespie, and then also Carol O'Connor's portrayal of Gillespie. Oh, uh, they were very similar, especially in the early seasons. Um, I felt Carol O'Connor toned it down at around season three to become more likable, come off less of a racist because he kind of is a racist in the early seasons. Um, so I, I thought they both did a really good job. I, I guess I. I like Carol's performance better because I'm it's I'm used to it because it's I watched it as a kid. I just finished it a few months ago as an adult, so it's nostalgic for me rather than this movie. But I will say, as far as Tibbs though, Sydney 
hands down. He played it better. Uh, I don't even remember the, the actor's name. His last name's Howard, I believe, on this TV show. He just he didn't play with the passion that Sydney did, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think Sydney uh, was was excellent. Um, so here is one day. Uh, let's not show that scene first. But uh, I tried to get some pictures of some things. Uh, obviously, one of the first things I noticed that I noticed watching this movie this time around that I didn't notice the first time around is uh, spoilers, by the way, for In the Heat of the Night that came out in 1966 or 67. If you haven't seen it, then, yeah, we're spoiling it for you. But uh, one of the things I didn't notice, man, now now I notice uh, is that, uh, let me find, see if I can find him. This guy. Yeah. In the very first opening of the movie, the first pe- person we see is the killer. And I had no idea. I never even, it never dawned on me. You didn't think it would be the killer? Yeah, like I didn't think, like when I, first, when I seen When this movie first started, I said, after meeting him, getting, you know, him talking to Sam, I was like, that guy's going to end up being the killer. Oh, you, you all, you all. Remember? Yeah, I kind of, I got that vibe. I was like, he's going to end up being the killer. Of course, the movie was going on and on. I was like, I thought I was going to be wrong, but ultimately I was right. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm pretty good at these uh, murder mysteries in films. Like, even with uh, Knives Out, I got that. I thought that was more predictable than the sequel, but. What do they call them? Police, uh, not, not situationals, but uh, I, I forget the term. There's a term for it. Where, uh, where it's the procedurals, police yeah. procedurals, where, uh, where they are trying to find out who killed something. Now, watching this film, did you get the vibe that, that I told you I got in uh, Reacher? Reacher. Like, that, like did, you, did you feel that kind of influence on Reacher from this film? In a sense of uh, an outsider uh, is, is, is suspected of murdering someone, but he actually is a Yeah, I guess. And I, I, I do see a lot of similarities with the, with Tibbs and the... Uh, I knew the killer knives out in Glass Onion in the first 25 minutes. Yeah, I, I felt they were predictable, but at the same time, I think they're very entertaining films. So I, if the it film is- can be entertaining... I don't mind knowing. If it's, it, doesn't uh, take, it didn't take away anything from you, for you. No, 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 not for me. He may have for Billford here, <laughs> but not for me. Uh, I, I like I like the sequel better. I think than Knives Out. I think the cast overall did a better job working together. But yeah, what? So, uh, but yeah, you said so. You pretty much knew that the uh, that the guy at the restaurant was a killer so i never got the vibe i guess i didn't i didn't think of it that way um, it's just the way he kind of carried himself like i don't know he but when you when you're in the crew we're not in the cruiser but in when sam's going past that woman's house and stops and she's naked in the in the kitchen drinking i don't know if it what, what it was coke something you know and i was like what kind of woman is naked <laughs> drinking a a soda uh, while watch, while 
visibly seeing this cop watch her and she continues to walk closer like get a good look fella <laughs> yeah I just, one, one that likes to be seen I guess or one that craves attention you know that is that isn't getting it from somewhere else and I don't yeah. know I just thought it was a very interesting scene you know you know you know what I didn't it didn't dawn on me is that she probably got that same soda from the deli from the diner. Like, yeah. Because because the first time you see Sam, he was uh, actually drinking a, a Coke as well, I think. Um, um, and I think so. I think that's what he was. But, you know, uh, and the kid and the guy was hiding the pie from him. But, um, yeah, man, I thought that, first of all, I thought the way that the movie is shot, it's beautiful. Uh, this is uh, this, this cinematographer's first color film uh, from from black and white. It's his first color feature. And this movie he, uh, Wexler, wanted to uh, make sure that he properly lit Sidney Poitier because, you know, Hollywood had a history of poorly lighting black skin. And so he wanted to make sure that Sidney's skin was properly lit. And so he did a, I think he did a good job, man. Because uh, uh, when, we, when we first see Sidney like like the first five minutes, I think first five minutes, we uh, we don't meet Sydney. We just we're with Sam on his patrol, his yeah. route, and uh, and his normal route past the house and everything, and um, and finally he comes across the body, and um, that's when uh, you know I guess they sent him. They sent is it Sam that they sent out to find uh, look around for uh, people that's not supposed to be in town or something or. Well, he comes. I don't know if they sent him out, but he does go to the train station and he finds Tibbs. And he just because I mean, it's a racist town, so you know, you see a black dude there, you're just oh, he he had to be the killer, he's black, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, and it's yeah, sad got, because that is how people thought back then, yeah, you know, which is and he sad, told him but, to get know. up, he said, get up. Get up, call him a boy, which is a derogatory term towards black men. To call a black man a boy, a black boy, or anything of the equivalent. Uh, but yeah, I have never that, have understood that. Yeah, it's just a demeaning term towards us that say we're not men; we're just boys, essentially. Um, we're we're less than man manly. Um, uh, so, but yeah, there's a the scene where. It, when he first sees uh, Tibbs and the way that he looks at the guy, like without saying a word, he just, he looks at the, at him. Like, I can't believe that this is happening. Like, are you serious? You know? Yeah. Uh, but man, uh, honestly, Rod Steiger steals every scene he's in. The guy, he was really good, man. I'm so, I'm so. He won the Academy Award for uh, best lead in in this film. Now, Sydney was Sydney was, uh, he wasn't even, he did he was snubbed. He didn't wasn't. I say I thought Sydney won. Sydney did. I always thought that he won for Lilies of the Field, which was a couple of years prior to this. Uh, but uh, and he won best supporting actor even then. The first black man to win a Best Actor uh, Oscar is Denzel Washington, who was a student, essentially, of Sidney Poitier. So you can kind of see where yeah, I can see that. kind of gets that um, 
to buy from, you know. Um, but yeah, man, but Sydney was, and I was surprised just looking at the uh, awards for it. And I was like, man, Sydney wasn't even nominated. <laughs> like, yeah, like Sydney did an excellent job, man. You, like, he does a lot of his acting was more of a visual thing of the way he looks at them and the way he just held the room and held the scene. Um, but man, but I, I give it to Rod. Rod did an excellent job as well. Yeah. Yeah. He was great. It was, oh man, it's just in, in, in a way it's when you look at Carol Connor in the first few seasons, you look at Rod and this man, they look so similar. They really do. They, they did a really good job of casting Carol Connor to play play him in in the show. I was like, now in the show, where does it pick up from past this film? I want to say it's like ten years later. Because, it takes place in the eighties. It does take place in the eighties. It does take place in the eighties. Okay, but uh, maybe it's twenty years later. But I don't think it would be that far. But I don't know, but I just know it's a whole new crew at the at Sparta Police Department. Only uh, Gillespie is there. Everybody, it's a whole new crew. You know what? And the thing about this movie, it feels hot. You know, like like the heat of the night. It feels like a hot summer night in in the Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, it. Uh, I love the. Uh, I'm trying to find. I got some scenes. Uh, that I wanted to show you. Uh, so they think that he was a killer. He tells them he makes uh, how much did he make a month uh, or a week? A uh, hundred what was one hundred eighty or is it sixty something? One hundred sixty-two, thirty-two, something like that. And then because like he said, man, that's more I make in, in my whole month. You know, hey, where you where you where you make that money like that, boy? And he said. Uh, at my job. Where's this job? In uh, Philadelphia, Mississippi, Pennsylvania. What are you doing in little Pennsylvania? I am a police officer. <laughs> and, uh, and he's not only a police officer, he's a, he's a homicide inspector, which is before yeah. they, I guess, were called, called detectives. They were called inspectors. But uh, yeah, man. Um, and I thought that he was really good at being a, a, a detective, essentially. Like, he yeah. He's no he's no reacher, but he's good. Yeah, I mean he can tell by just looking at arms, you know, if they committed a murder or not. <laughs> so I mean, I thought that was pretty interesting uh fact, but uh I don't know, like he's good, he's he's an intelligent detective, uh, you know, and they're just like a bunch of dumb hillbillies. Yeah. <laughs> No offense, but they, they, they were. They, they were just a bunch of dumb hillbillies. Yeah, they were, man. And uh, he, uh, like, a couple of scenes that I thought that was very, uh, it's something that never happened in cinema at that point. Yeah. Uh, before I, before the slap, there's other stuff. I love the slap. We're going to talk about the slap. But, uh, but uh, uh, the, the scene where he's, um, uh, this scene here where he's examining the body um, uh, to to see a black man touching a white man's 
hands or arms, you know, was like in itself controversial. And same, same with when he was in, like, uh, like looking over uh, Herschel. I'm gonna call him Herschel. <laughs> when he's looking over Herschel uh, and uh, feeling his arms and feeling that he's a lefty, you know, and um. Because I guess he, that, that arm felt stronger than the other arm. It felt like his more yeah. dominant arm. Um, man, it, I thought that was really, really cool. I'm glad that you pointed out to me that that was Herschel. Because then I seen it and I never couldn't stop seeing that that's Herschel. And so, but, and I want to uh, ask you about that. Do you feel like he kind of built a rapport with him at one point in the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. Um, like this scene here, when he, uh, he said, hey, man, could you give me a cheeseburger? He said, with onions? Said, yeah, now you're talking. <laughs> I loved it, man. I loved it. I loved that. Uh, yeah, man. It just, you know, it's crazy how he, it's crazy how this one officer influenced other people within that, like, like that, that police station to make them change their minds about certain things. Not saying mm-hmm. that they were all the way not racist anymore or whatever, but they started thinking like oh, Virgil thinks, you know, that he's not guilty. You know, or Vir- you know, especially when it came to like Sam. Virgil says, "I don't think that he did. I think he's innocent." You know, yeah. it's funny because Sam at one point was wanting to, you know, was like <laughs> Sam was coming at him. You know, uh, yeah. well, to your point about them not thinking they're racist. Uh, is here's here's how I viewed it on the show and here's how I viewed it in this movie. I don't think any of them thought they were actual racist in the police department. It's just, it's, it's how Mississippi was. It's how they, they grew up. You know, it's not like they hated black men or anything. It's just how it was. But when you have someone like Tibbs come into your life and set you straight, <laughs> you, you either do two things. You either continue down the path you're going or you're opening your eyes a little bit and you see it in a different light. And I think um majority of them saw it in a different light, especially Gillespie. He saw it in a different light. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that uh Gillespie, like, he, uh, he, at one point, seemed like he just wanted to save his hide. He's a, he's a brand new, newly appointed uh sheriff or a captain, you know, was he captain or sheriff? Uh, he's chief of police. Chief, chief. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, no respect. Uh, he he asked people to fix certain things and they'll fix it. That was really funny when he told Sam he's supposed to oil that uh, that that AC, and yeah. then Sam comes in. And he said, "Not now." <laughs> with the like with a little oil can, and then like he, he's he's the one that's trying to fix the. Fixed the uh, swinging door, and he told you. I told I told you to do it. He said, "No, it must be my brother Harold." Yeah. You know, uh, just like, just those little like everybody in this movie has personality. Nobody's just like one dimensional. One dimensional. No, 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 no. They all and have personality. Want to live there, and I guess that's why they created the show because you want to see more of these people. Yeah, yeah. The guy that told him he was my brother Harold. That he reminded me of Parker Williams from the show. Like um, so I, I was like, that's probably who they patterned Parker off of. Um, I love Parker. He, they never trusted him with anything, but he was funny in the show. Um, another scene that was controversial. So, uh, uh, the uh, widow of the man was in the office, 
and uh and uh Virgil goes in and tells her that her husband has been murdered and she cries and he consoles her. So this black man yeah. is behind closed door consoling a white woman. You know you know how big that is? Um Tell us, Aaron, how big was that? It's really big, honestly. Like, like at this time, the only film that you could see a black man interacting with a white woman like that, white people like that, was actually George, uh, George Romero's uh, *Night of the Living Dead*. Uh, with, with, uh, I think it came it out here, year. wasn't it? Sixty-eight. Yeah, let's see. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. Uh, *Night*. Yeah, I was thinking so. Uh, um, not familiar with the years on the Dead trilogy, but uh, yeah, which but and we are, in my opinion, Don is the best. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it came out came out in sixty eight, so it was shot in sixty seven. This was shot in sixty six and came out in sixty seven. So, uh, but. Uh, but with that, with that being said, Night of the Living Dead is still known with having uh, Dwayne Jones as the lead. He was the lead in there. Sydney wasn't actually the lead in this movie. Rod is considered the lead, not Sydney. Uh, which is crazy to think of it that way because we spend so much time with with, Sid, with uh, Sydney Portier. Uh, but not taking anything away from Rod either. Um, but it's, it's just the way it was then, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I kind of want to get to the slap. Because it, it literally made me laugh so hard. All right. So <laughs> we're, 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 uh, go ahead what now? I said, go ahead and set up the scene for the people. Well, the, he's admiring the flowers. Uh, Tibbs is. He likes the flowers. And this guy, I don't remember his name, just this white racist dude, <laughs> just showing him all these flowers, all these plants and stuff. And I, I guess he was offended by something Tibbs said. I don't remember what, what, how it happened. I just remember him slapping Tibbs and Tibbs comes right back and slaps him right back. It was just hilarious. It was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And he so- looks at Gillespie like, you ain't going to do nothing? <laughs> He said, at one point in time, man, I could have had you shot. <laughs> I said, the world's changing, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, uh, yeah. So the uh, guy that uh, he um, slapped, uh, his name was uh, Ed, 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 something. I forget his name. Um, trying to find it. Endicott. Mr. Endicott. Uh, so, uh, what what Tib said is, he said essentially, you are the, you're the person that's most likely to not mourn his mourn his loss, mourn his passing. Oh, you, have yeah, more, yeah. you have more to gain from his death. Yeah, so we just want to know where where were you on the night of of his murder? You know, do you have anybody that can talk? And while he's just talking, he backs hand he backhands Sydney. Now in the scene. There's a black man, an older black man that's like a servant to uh, to Mr. Ed, uh, uh, Endicott. Uh, he's a servant to him. 
And so when he slapped Sydney, he kind of like, 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 oh, like is in shock. But then like he couldn't even process it because Sydney slaps him back. That wasn't in the original. That wasn't in the original uh, screenplay. Oh no, there wasn't in the original book, and uh, I think Sydney asked him to put it in the screenplay, uh, and to, and he and part of his rule was it has to make it in the final cut, in all final cuts, and it cannot be taken out, no matter where it's shown. <laughs> and so uh, Sydney slapping him back was like, you know. Hey man, that was pretty powerful, bro. It like, was powerful, and I would, you know, I'm like, I'm not too big on '60s cinema. Uh, I've seen a few films in the '60s, but I can only imagine the people in the cinemas, especially the black community, seeing this scene play out. And like, oh. I just imagine the faces, the gas, but I was like, and he got away with it. <laughs> yeah. the, the chief of police did nothing. Kind of had a smirk on his face when you had it coming, man. <laughs> you know, um, but also that was a change of the guard with Gillespie, too. Because mm. at the beginning, he would have definitely arrested him or shot him or, you know, if it had happened when he first met him. But now he's I think he was changing his opinion on on Tibbs and maybe black people in general. I don't, even, I don't know. Even, but definitely Tibbs. Though. Even the mayor said uh, there used to be a time when we would have uh, last the last sheriff would have shot him and claimed self defense. Yeah, shot him on the spot and claimed self defense. Mm-hmm. Um, here's your girl. You talked about that lady. Yeah, uh, that was uh, just. Uh, but it, man, the show was like, um, oh man, uh, that lady. Speaking of that lady. So there she is again. Uh, so we find out she's sixteen. This is her older brother, and he and he also felt that uh, the sheriff was the chief was wrong for mm-hmm. uh, letting her talk the way she talked in front of uh, T- Mr. Tibbs for Virgil Tibbs. Uh, he says he's like, "Why? How dare you do that?" Uh, but they but they essentially set up. Uh, Sam. They set Sam up to pretty much take the fall for the uh, murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it was her and the guy from the diner, right? So that was her boyfriend. Is that yeah. what? But yeah. also, she's the same girl that um, uh, Herschel talked about taking up to uh, taking up to the uh, what's the name? To the lover's point, essentially. Yeah, it called her a hooker, I believe. Yeah, it's her. It's the same yeah. lady. She likes show. She don't mind showing herself off. That's what he said. <laughs> you know, and I wasn't stopping her. I didn't do anything wrong, but I didn't stop her. That's what he said. But uh, man, this guy. Yeah, you're right. He does like a killer. Yeah, he just gave me vibes that I'm a killer and. I've seen him in other films before. I just don't remember him. But yeah, he just gave me that vibe. Like I'm going to end up being the killer later on. And you know, the, the that whole reason he set up Sam was just stupid. It usually is stupid when you get to the end of these um, mysteries. But this definitely played off like um, one of those murder mystery novels. 
and mm-hmm. uh, it, knowing the fact that it was based on a book, it makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, it was, I felt it was a good mystery, especially for its time. It is definitely a product of its time. Mm-hmm. The 60s, it felt so racially motivated. Um, and you, you know, if you grew up in that era, man, you, it was that bad. I've heard stories. Like I said, my uncle, he was, he told me all kinds of stuff that happened back then. And that, that I had no clue about it. And I was just like a, a kid, like nine, 10 years old. But I always ask questions, you know, and to learn more back, you know, how people were treated back then. And, and I've, I've always, me and him always butted heads on it. But uh, I ain't going to go into all that. Uh, but I just. Well, I appreciate you butting heads with him. I appreciate you. <laughs> we did. I was probably the only nephew that really did butt heads with him on that. Um, I can't say it for sure, but I would. It was, I don't know, it was important to me that everyone be treated equal. I don't know why. I just that was my mindset even when I was little. That's why I love you. That's why I love you. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, uh, I did want to mention um, with um, Sydney, Sydney was the precursor to Denzel. He, he was, uh, he died last year. He died, uh, I think June or July of last year. Uh, and so he lived to be very old. Um, but uh, he was like, he was the guy, man. He was such a phenomenal actor. And you got mm-hmm. to see Harry Belafonte in uh, in White Man's Burden with uh, John Travolta. Yeah. Um, he was another one that's kind of like on that level of Sydney, but not on that level, but within that time frame of Sydney. But Sydney was like, Sydney was like the dude, you know what I mean? Uh, and yeah. uh, like he was a serious actor. He was, he, was a, he was an actor. When you think of Denzel, you think that he's an actor. You know, yeah, 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 no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, I also I have to say Morgan Freeman too. Uh, yeah. of of the old generations, <laughs> um, like there's not a lot of people from this era. I feel like people want Michael B. Jordan to be that dude, but I don't think he is that dude. I say Jonathan Majors may be that guy. I think he's that dude. I think he's that dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jonathan I Majors, I definitely think is that dude. Um. I like Michael B. Jordan though. I just okay. He impressed me in Just Mercy. He really did. Um, but I, overall, his whole career that I've seen, I just I see him more. Um, I don't want to say a Stallone type guy, but you know, I think he's gonna do a lot of action movies. You know, I, I see him as that kind of guy. Yeah, I, I don't say- think they've really. I don't think. Other than Wesley Snipes, you know, no one really comes at me that's one of those big uh, African American names in action movies. Yeah. You know, uh, other than Wesley, I would say, um, I would say, uh, if Chadwick hadn't passed, he would have been. Um, oh, Chadwick! Oh, yeah, he was. He would have been. Yeah, he was. Denzel was passing the torch to him, no doubt. Yeah, Chadwick. Just a a phenomenal actor, but since Chad was gone, we don't have him. Man, Jonathan Majors is my pick for. Uh, and then uh, Brian Tyree Henry, I think that he's going to go on to do some yeah, he's good too. phenomenal stuff. But I think that Jonathan Majors is going to be that that next upper echelon dude. That uh, that I hope that his career blows up. Honestly. I hope that his career just keeps growing. I hope that all of their careers grow, but yeah, I'm yeah. so excited 
for Jonathan Majors, and I think that he he's making smart choices with the roads he, he chooses. Um, but I do uh, – so we know that these guys, this guy got murdered. Uh, I want to mention this part right here. Uh, a couple of scenes, man, uh, I want to mention before we come to an end. Uh, let's see if I can find her. This woman here. This lady there. So she was the one that does the back the back alley abortions again, essentially. Uh, but she is a bow. I forget her name. Bow something or bay. She was a V Richards. She was like a legendary black actress in her day. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. And uh, you know she's not she's not even remembered today. But she was, she was led there. She was in, she was with Sydney in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner as well. Uh, she's in that film. I forgot who she plays. I think she plays the, the. I don't know. If she's the, uh, the maid. I'm not sure. I forget who she is in there. If she's the maid, then she's the lady that, uh, that, told because Sydney Fortier was talking about a young preacher named Dr. King. And, mm-hmm. and this is what before Dr. King died. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, he was talking about he's trying to make changes. Guess who's coming to dinner is an important film because it's it came out in '67. It's about um, a black man that is being is meeting a white family with his with their daughter. He's going to be the the new husband. So as uh you know uh. You, you people is essentially like a riff on Guess Who, which was a riff on Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. <laughs> but none of it stands up to Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Spencer Tracy's in it. I think Catherine Halfburn's in it. Uh, Catherine or Audrey, one of them. I don't know. I don't know the Halfburns. <laughs> but she, one of them is, is in it. But I know Spencer Tracy. I know Spencer Tracy. Top talent, before. though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, old Hollywood. Old Hollywood. Like, yeah. Your, your Babylon. Film, like old Hollywood, yeah. old Hollywood, uh, yeah. But they were older at this point. They like, like before they died, type of film, right? Um, yeah. But uh, and 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 Spencer does a great job playing a father that's trying to understand why his daughter goes off to college and comes back with his black boyfriend, who's become who's a doctor. He's not like a thug or anything. He's a doctor, and so he's trying to understand this. Uh, but yeah, but they but the maid in there talks about. She looks at him like, why are you here? Why are you doing this? You're setting us back. And he's like, no, people like Dr. King is trying to make a movie. He says, no, people like Dr. King is getting us hurt more. <laughs> and so it just shows you the mindset of some of the older blacks back then was mm-hmm. don't, don't buck the system because you're going to mess around and get us hurt. Um, and um, and, that's, and that, that mindset still prevails today in some senses. Um but yeah, I thought that she. I was good, glad to see her in this film. I wanted, uh, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this scene right here. Uh, when he's when he talks him out of leaving and coming back. Yeah. Um. I thought uh, Rod was very um, manipulative here. He really was. <laughs> he, like he knew the buttons he could push to get him to come back. And uh, it was a great scene on both parties. Uh, very entertaining scene. I, 
I understand why he won Academy Award for this this role. Like he was really good in this movie, and he's he's excellent in that scene. They both are. I am a little shocked that Sydney didn't get nominated, but as far as that scene goes, I just thought he was very manipulative and um, just got him to come back with him because he thought that he couldn't he couldn't let go of not solving a murder. No, you, that's not you. You you, you gotta you gotta. Your ego, you know, essentially couldn't couldn't let that slide. So you gotta, um, you gotta rub it in, in these white folks' faces. You know, you want to do that. Yeah, and show off your big brain, and you know, but he, he poked him into staying to do to do it. Uh, but yeah. uh, it, well, that kind of uh, just opposes to this scene here, where uh, he's shaking his hand and acknowledging him as a man, acknowledging him as a detective, and as a and as an equal. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and isn't that just this, like so? If you really think about it, it I can understand why Rod uh, Steger, I don't want to mispronounce his name, but uh, I, I understand why he got the nomination and win for the Oscars because his character has changed from the very beginning that we meet him to that mm-hmm. point where he's shaking his hand. Like, there's no way in the beginning he was shook, shook his hand, no. You know? But at yeah, the end, well, he looks him in the eye, shakes his hand, and tells him, "Be careful." And it's, yeah. and it's like, and it's like, like and it really, he really means it. Be careful, you know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, a lot of growth, a lot of change. Uh, yeah, at the end, I think at the beginning he saw him as like they said they called him boy. He saw him as boy, uh, but at the end of the movie, he saw him as a man, his own equal, which I think is the point of the the whole film is treat each other as equals that's what i get out of it but that's what i get out of most of all these racially charged films at the end of the day we should treat each other as our equals that's how it should be um that's i'm gonna stick with that <laughs> because yeah, that's I, how agree. I, feel. <laughs> I agree man um but yeah uh let's go ahead and give our marks uh anything else you want to say before we do that um I, I don't know if you know this, but he actually made two more films playing Tibbs. Yeah, they call me Mr. Tibbs, and I haven't seen yeah. them. Um, I, I can't think of the other one. I looked him. I was on Letterbox last night. I just graded my score on it, and I saw that related films. They call me Mr. Tibbs, and I don't know the other one, The Outpost or the something. Uh, and I was like, oh, I had no idea he did two more films. <laughs> Sydney, uh, Sydney also, um, so this is his, I would say this is, if not his most famous film, one of his most famous films, uh, in the heat of the night, you did Lilies in the Field, who, guess who's coming to dinner, uh, the Defiant Ones, um, and he did some more things, but also in the 70s, he showed a little more of a comedic side with, Bill Cosby in a piece of the action, and then uh, his sequel, "Let's Do It Again," and so he uh, got to be play like a different type of against uh, against his his you know stoic type of persona, yeah, and played more of a like um, like a, like a hustle man with 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 uh, with Bill Cosby, uh, mm-hmm. and those were some really good movies too, man. Uh, I, well. I've never seen piece of action that by this he let's do it again. It's, it's, I was like Brandon in that that I did I seen the I seen the sequel 
<laughs> before I seen the original in that. Because I, I think I just had access to Let's Do It Again. Uh, and I see nice. Jimmy Walker in it. J.J. Walker from Good Times, he's in it. Uh, Dino Mike, you know, he's in it. Um, but yeah, it's like, uh, it's a fun little funny little 70s like black exploitation yeah. film. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful for his career. You know, yeah. We're talking about Bill, though. I have, to my recollection, the only movie I've ever seen him in is Ghost Dad. Like, that's all I can think of. Leonard Six, I think. Ghost Dad is the most known uh, that Bill was in. He makes a cameo in Fat Albert. Yeah, because he created Fat Albert. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I I saw that with my one of my ex girlfriends. It was actually, I think, our. First or second date, we saw Fat Albert and um, the Michael Keaton White Noise movie. Was that, that pre Beth, huh? Oh, yeah, it was very pre Beth. Very pre Beth. Uh, <laughs> but I was just looking up Cosby's filmography real quick. Uh, Leonard Part Six, which is one of the worst films ever made, is what people say. I've never seen it. <laughs> I've never seen it, but they say it's one of the worst films ever made. Uh, I Spy, well, he has a show. Um, he's in our spa, yeah. In the show, the show, okay. Uh, I went to Eddie. <laughs> um, let's see, he was in Jack with uh, with he was in Jack with uh, Robin Williams. Oh, yes, yes, he's the therapist, is he? Okay, yeah. I, well, I the doctor, I think he's a therapist. I forgot about that too, yeah. He's okay, also- so that's another one I've seen. He's also a meteor man. Did you see that? I haven't. Is that Eddie? Well, Robert Townsend. No, I haven't seen he it. He gets a meteor rock and becomes like a superhero in the in the hood. Meteor. Definitely man. haven't seen it. But it, I like Robert Townsend, but that's one of his more quirkier films. Uh, and like you mentioned, Ghost Dad, which is probably my favorite one, honestly. Uh, and then the other Leonard films. There's another Leonard movie. I, I guess I don't know. The Devil and Max, uh, California Sweet, he's in that film. Him and Richard Pryor is in that film together, which is a rarity because they were the opposite ends of the spectrum when it came to comedy. Bill was more of a clean comic, which is life as we know now, wasn't but very unclean, but 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 hit. But and then uh, Richard was a blue comedian, he was very blue, meaning filthy, a dirty. Uh, but Richard, I'm a huge Richard Pryor fan. Um, and I, I've only seen Harlem Nights when it comes to Richard, though. I've seen Harlem Nights, uh, Stare Crazy. Uh, he wrote uh, He had, He had. wrote with uh, Mel Brooks, um, you know, the, the cowboy film. What was it? The one we, we reviewed? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> he wrote that. He, he, wrote, he wrote parts of that. I know I mean, I, we reviewed it, so yeah, I, I just can't think what it was called. I can't, I can't, it's, 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 it's eluding me right now. But, uh, uh, you know, he was in, uh, but Richard, I'm, I like Richard, man. Uh, one of my favorite Rich Pryor films, and I'm, and then we can get to our stuff, but one of my favorite Rich Pryor films was, uh, it's a movie called, um, or it's JoJo Dancing. My life is called JoJo Dancing. It's essentially like a biopic. Richard Pryor, but 
he calls himself Jojo Dancer, but it's pretty much his life. How he grew up in a, uh, a whorehouse, essentially, uh, and uh, the things he witnessed and stuff. But then there's another film called uh, Inoperable Condition, I think. Unoperable Condition or Inoperable Condition, where he's uh, he plays crazy to uh, get out of going to prison, and they take him for evaluation at a hospital, and this hospital is in a storm, and so he's trying to escape, so he dresses up like a doctor, and they think he's a doctor, and they have him treating patients. Bob Saget's in the film, a very young Bob Saget. Wesley Snipes makes a uh, um, cameo before he's Wesley Snipes. Uh, he's just a, a ambulance driver. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, it's a good little Richard Pryor film. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I suggest you, uh, and then there's uh, Cena Weaver, Henry Weaver with him and uh, Gene Wilder. Like, one of the best films. You, we're going to watch more Richard stuff. Have you never seen Star Crazy? I haven't, no. We were, Only Harlem Nights. Oh, we, we're going to, I got you, bro. That was Red Fox and Eddie Murphy along with Richard. Richard, uh, yeah, Robin Harris in that film. You had uh, uh, Arsenio Hall in that yeah, film. Uh, I think you had, uh, I think Charlie Murphy's in it as well somewhere. Uh, I want to say so, yeah. You got, like, there's so many actors that's in it. Della Reese, of course, from uh, Touched by Angel. Uh, so, yeah, that's, Harlem Nights is like, an important film. Have you seen you seen Eddie Murphy in Life, right? You seen Life? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I told you like yesterday that was like my favorite Eddie Murphy movie. Oh, okay. But yeah. <laughs> you ready to give your marks? Yeah, I'm ready. I'll let you go first. All right. I'm gonna give it um I'm gonna I'm gonna mirror the letterbox. I give it four mark outs out of five. I thought I thought it was great. Uh I really enjoyed it. Um there is some some low some some moments that doesn't keep your interest, but uh, but whenever we have both Sydney and uh, Rod together, they I can, I wish I could see more of them together, honestly. Uh, but yeah, I give it four. I, I loved it. It's a classic, and I think if you haven't watched it, you should at least watch it because it's one of those classic films, Brandon. I agree. I think it's a four out of five for me, too. Um, I thought you would have been a little higher on it. That's why I said you should go first. But, uh, yeah, everything you said is correct. I mean, uh, when they're together, it it, it blossoms. Um, I, I enjoyed the the detective aspect to it uh, with Sydney's and Tibbs uh, figuring things out. And, I mean, just... He was brilliant in the movie, though. He really was. It's it's a shame he didn't get nominated. But, you know, it, it's how it goes sometimes, um, especially in that era. <laughs> but uh, I thought the movie was great, though. And I can see why they wanted to turn it into a TV show later on. Yeah. Um, I agree, man. Um, let's see. So next week, oh, let me get this off. There we go. Uh, and next week, uh, we will let me take this off. We're going to be doing a fan request film, Mars yeah. Attack. Uh, what was the name of the young man? Um, his name is Nick. 
He sent us a message on uh, our messenger on the Markout Movie Podcast page. Uh, and I, you know, I didn't get to it at first. It had been a couple hours and I saw that you didn't read it. So I was like, oh, I'll go ahead and answer him. I was like, he's like, can y'all review a, a classic film? Uh, I was like, what do you got in mind? You know, what classic film are you wanting us to review? And he said, Mars Attacks. And necessarily me, myself, I don't like view this as a classic film, but someone requests a movie for us. We always, we always said we would do it if they request. Uh, so I was like, I'll find out where it's streaming. Asked you because I had no idea. I'm just going to rent it on Amazon because I don't have that streaming service. But um, we're going to deliver Mars Attacks next week. Yep. Mars and Attacks. it's a, what's his, uh, Tim Burton film, right? Tim Burton, Tim Burton film. Only thing I remember is Michael J. Fox being in the film. And also, I think. Oh, it has a great cast. Tom Jones. Uh, Jack Nicholson, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to revisit it. I haven't seen it since. Yeah, I say it's been a good a good fifteen twenty years since I've seen I've it. I've only seen it once. So just initially when you watched it, then so it's yeah, I saw it on Stars when it <laughs> came on Stars one night, and I was like, oh, Mars Attacks. I'll I'll go with it. I and it wasn't what I expected. It was entertaining. But I I haven't seen it since, yeah. so I kind of don't I don't really remember the plot. I f- kind of remember it being all over the place. <laughs> but the Martians attack, I guess. I guess that's what it, what you get. Um, but yeah, they we're gonna attack. We're gonna <laughs> that film, um, and he was gonna choose sick. So you know, I was gonna choose sick uh, just to get prepared for Scream, Kevin Williamson and all, but. Uh, I'll pick that after Scream. So okay, so no I'll biggie. wait to watch Sick. I won't watch Sick until after Scream. Um, but this weekend, if I can, I probably don't see an Infinity Pool. Um, uh, yeah, that's the only one I think that came out. Um, so I seen uh, J- Jeremy Johnson. Well, just as this isn't for the podcast. Well, Brandon, what what would you like for people to do? <laughs> We would like for you to like, share, and subscribe if you enjoyed this week's episode. How about that? Yeah, if you did. And then also, follow our buddy Nick. Uh, if you have a, if you have something that you want us to watch, uh, let us know. Uh, you can comment on Facebook, uh, YouTube, or uh, Brandon has a TikTok. I have a TikTok. I have an Instagram. Brandon probably does not. Um, I have it. I just don't have it. You don't actually. (laughs) But yeah, you can. uh, I deleted it. Reach out to us on our social medias, uh, and uh, yeah, make a suggestion on Market Movie Podcast uh, Facebook page. You can message us and say, "Hey, would you review this?" Now I tell you, we're going to do screen, uh, but after that, we should be open back up to other stuff. I think. Um, But yeah, yeah, we don't have to do the Fridays until. July, I think. Yeah. I fit it in before Halloween. Yeah. I figured you wouldn't want to be doing Friday 13th during Halloween. So, <laughs> no, probably not. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, in between time, Aaron Whitlow. Um, I'm Brandon Spivey. And thank you yeah. for marking out with us. You guys, man, for two seconds. We thank you for marking out. Uh, have a great weekend. Be safe and uh, love one another. Peace.